It is not easy. It's not simple because what you're doing is setting yourself up so someone wants what you have. Hello there, guys. This is Kim Claver, and you are on the Bring Your Obstacle Call. Most of you are on my list, one of my various uh, email lists, and so uh, many of you are here because you're in a network marketing company, and many of you are part-time, and there are a lot of folks who are just kind of stuck. We have people that are have hit very high levels in their different companies, and they're suddenly sort of stuck. There are people who are just getting started, and they're stuck already, <laughs> and so... You know, one of the things I want to clarify before we do the obstacles is the nature of a business. Now, just so you know, I was talking to somebody today over lunch and said, you know, no matter what you do, we all, a lot of people like to denigrate people with jobs. But I would dare say that probably most people on this call have a job. And so it's something actually to be grateful for because it pays the bills. At least you have that. And, you know, with a job, whether you like it or you don't like it, and P.S., a lot of people love their jobs. People at Apple, many of them, they live to go to work because they love it so much. People at Google, people at Elon Musk's uh, place, you know, there are many, many people who have jobs where they throw their, their entire selves into it. So don't think that everybody hates their jobs. They don't. It's just that if all you do is stock shelves and, clean out toilets, that's not what anybody dreamed <laughs> that they would become, uh, you know, somebody who stocks shelves. And if you don't like the people that you work with, you don't really like what you're doing, of course, that's something totally different. But the thing is, when you have a job, there are certain obstacles that you have to overcome, whether you like the job or you don't like the job. For example, most people have to commute to work, most. That means you have to get up at a certain time, get dressed at a certain time, get in the traffic or take the train or take a taxi or limo, however you get there, and then you go to work, and then you have to deal with somebody looking over your shoulder, you deal with the gossip, you deal with the politics, you deal with where to go for lunch, you deal with when the bathroom break is, you deal with other people, you deal with people over you, beside you, probably some of you are bosses of other people, and then you go home and you navigate the traffic going home, however you do that, and then you get home and then you plop and do whatever you're going to do. So these are a set of obstacles that most of America, most of the Western world, has just accepted and learned to put up with. Those are the obstacles involved in having a job. So it's not a piece of cake. It's not dreadful, but it's a set of obstacles that you go through every single day. And so many people have done this for so many years, and they see so many other people doing it, that they don't think of anything that's it, that it's anything unusual. And it isn't. It's just a set of obstacles that you choose, that you have all chosen to overcome, every single one of you that, that, has, that still has a job. So when you think about network marketing, you have another job. You know, of course, it's a sort of a business of your own if you're a network marketer. It's not entirely your own business, of course, because the products are owned by the company and the company has certain rights over you. They can terminate you, for example. So you don't like a thousand percent own it because you don't own the product line. And the way you market many times has to be follow certain rules that the company has. But you kind of have something where you can make your own income. You can make as much as you want. You can get as many customers as you want. No company is going to say, well, we stop at 100 customers. You can get as many as you want. You can bring in as many recruits as you want. And each recruit and every customer means more income for you. So these are the, the jobs that you have to do in order to achieve the income goals of the people you've seen on stage. That's what needs to happen somehow or other. Now, the part that a lot of times people forget is that with this way of earning income, which is you know, kind of like a business of your own, there are also obstacles involved. And because nobody's really prepared for them, because you know how people say, well, it's like recommending a restaurant. Well, if it is, then why is it that we have courses and programs and seminars, five or six major conventions every year, whether it's the Network Marketing Pro people or the, you know, the, our Jonak people or the, the Marketing Mastermind. There are three or four major conventions a year that people go to and spend pretty big money at learning how to do network marketing. And there are countless gurus, individuals who teach 
network marketers how to market on Facebook, online, offline, you know, all that stuff. We know there are countless trainings and trainers out there. So that's, that means that there's stuff you have to learn, and that means there are obstacles you have to overcome. Despite what they told you in the meeting that it's easy, anyone can do it, and even a seven-year-old can move up two ranks in a month, and how come, what's wrong with you? There are obstacles to overcome. And so when you think about what the obstacles are, you just don't notice your job obstacles. But in our business, there are going to be obstacles also. And the reason so many people stop dead in their tracks when they run into an obstacle is because they never expected it. And people go, well, they said everybody's going to want it. I talked to three people and they all said no. And so what happens to the self-esteem of that person? They keep hearing in the meeting, well, it's easy. Anyone can do it. The product sells itself. Everybody's going to want this. And the person who doesn't have prior business experience comes into it, gets three no's, four no's, gets a couple of returns as well. And what do most of them are women, okay, because it's 85%, 80% women in our business. What happens? We go, it must be me. And you fall on the sword. Well, it's not you. It's just you didn't know that there were certain things that you needed to do, certain obstacles you need to overcome in the same way that you have to put your nylons on or whatever you wear. You know, your, your work gear, you do it every day. You bring it to the dry cleaners, you get in the car, you get in the cab, whatever you do. Those are all the obstacles you have to overcome to earn your weekly or monthly paycheck from, the, from the, your regular job. And so in our business, we also have obstacles. And so one of the things I want you to be clear that everybody understands is that if you have obstacles, you are not alone. Setting up a business and earning money from your business is very, 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 very hard. It is not easy. It's not simple because what you're doing is setting yourself up so someone wants what you have. This is a very high level of psychological and marketing skill. So it doesn't make any difference what it is. I mean, the people who know how to market are the ones who make enormous amounts of money. And it requires certain skills. So the skill acquisition are your obstacles. They're my obstacles too. We all have obstacles to overcome. And, and just because they like to sweep it under the rug in the recruiting meetings that it's easy and blah, 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 we all know this, you don't even know that there are any. So, you know, the kinds of obstacles that you have to, have to overcome is, first of all, you have to decide, are you going to do your business sort of one-on-one, -on -one? you know, the old belly-to-belly -belly, uh, techniques like we talked about 20 years ago where you're basically talking to people on the phone, talking to people live. You go socialize, for example. You join clubs. You join volunteer groups. You join organizations you would join anyway including health clubs and whatnot, and you meet people. And they say, what do you do? And you answer. That, that's your opportunity to talk about something that you're doing. So that's one way. So it's the whole social live circuit. And the other way that's happened really in the last 10 years is online. And in the last four or five years with Facebook in particular, people are learning how to market, that is how to find people who come to you first because they are attracted by something that you said you have or some problem you solve. And then they come to you and you talk to them about what you have. So again, this is a, these are the, the obstacles you have to overcome. Namely, they're the skills that you need to learn in order to become successful at this business. So I just want to be sure, I'm going to unmute the line here for just a minute. And I just want to be sure that everybody understands that you have to skill up. You have to, if you want to succeed, without hoping that you're going to find that one person who somehow magically falls onto your lap and is some giant hitter, that you have to skill up and that that means those are your, these are the obstacles you have to overcome, acquiring the skills. Just like a surgeon goes to medical school, he doesn't know how to cut anybody, but they teach you what to use and where to cut. So those are his obstacles or her obstacles. These are the skills that you acquire. Is everybody clear that you need to acquire skills in this business in order for you to make more than just 100 bucks a month? Yes. 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 Yep. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Everybody knows that, right? Yes. yes. Okay, good. All right, with that said, let me uh, take the first obstacle. If you would just give your first name real fast, loud, so I can hear and tell me what's the, what's the number one obstacle you want to overcome 
that would move your business ahead. So just pop up and say, this is Kim, and here's my obstacle. I, I need to do da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Tell me what it is. Go ahead. This is Sharon, fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Okay, hang on. Anybody else have that? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay, so the fear of rejection, just so you know, I would say probably 99.9% of the people in the world have it. So if somebody's looking at you going, well, get over it, get over it, just walk away. That's all I can say. Smile and walk away. We are social beings, and everybody worries about how they look, how they come across. Is my hair looking good? Does that wart on my face show? Do I look fat? Hello, girls and boys. We all, you know, the guys tying their, fixing their tie before the event. Is my pants straight? Is, is my zip, am I zipped up? We all have this. Nobody likes hearing no. That's just, it's a perfectly normal obstacle to think about how you can overcome. Now, there are a couple ways you can do it. One is you can just say, well, I'm going to break through my fear and I'm going to break through the wall, which is, they have approaches for that. They're called like going for no. I'm sure you've heard of that, where they try to psych your mind out. So you go, well, I want to get 10 no's today. And then you, if, you, if that works for you, of course you do that. You do whatever works for you. But I'm just letting you know this idea that nobody wants to hear that you're fearful of this. It's perfectly human and normal. And if you didn't have it, I probably wouldn't believe you. And neither would anybody else. I don't even like to hear. In fact, I've got a plan, so I never do hear no. And I set that out really early in my life because I got one big rejection when I was 13 years old and I never got over it in the sense that I have protected myself against hearing no from anybody ever since. Ever since. And I'm just telling you right now, if you're talking to people, the number one defense against having somebody tell you no is you say no first. Okay? So if you're talking to people and you say, you know, I have this product for people who yada, yada, and they kind of go, well, you know, you say, you know, mm, it's probably not for you. Not right now anyway, but listen, if you know anybody who yada, 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 you let me know, okay? I got to go. See ya. Your hair looking good. Bye. You always say no first. Now, in the Orange Book, which you all should have, if you're on my list, you all should have the Orange Book. And if you don't have it because you're brand new and shiny, you can get a free one. You can have one online. I'm trying to think where you can get one. You can go to my blog. Go to Kim's blog, K-I-M-S-B-L-O-G dot com. You can pop right over there. And at the top of my blog there, you should see something that says, Get your free orange book here. If my product's so great, how come I can't sell it? Go to the top of that blog, Kim's blog, K-I-M-S-B-L-O-G dot com, and click on that link at the top of the page. It's way top. And it'll give you a little thing about opt-in, so opt-in. And the ebook will go, so you'll be on one of my lists, and the ebook will go to your email. So put your correct email address in that little box because that is where the file to the ebook is going to go. So that's the electronic version of if my products are great, how come I can't sell it? Okay? There are lots of ways to say no in there. So that's one thing you should do. How many of you are familiar with that idea? Yeah, I am. Say no first. Okay, you've got to practice. Say no first. Yes, are we there? Yep. Yes. Yep. All right. How many of you want to learn how to market online, by the way? Yes, yes I do. Okay, all right. Okay, so for if you're talking to people, it's say no first. The minute you hear it coming, and remember, you smile, right? Oh, oh, right away, the minute you hear that inhale and that little hmm, that means the person wants to say no, but they don't dare. See, none of us like to say no, because this is a culture, we are now politically so correct, we can't even be truth tellers. And I mean in a nice way. You know, everybody says, well, maybe later. That's a way of saying no. Well, maybe another time. That's a way of saying no. Well, you know, I have to go to the bathroom now. That's a way of saying no. So, and it may be just the timing. You never know. Sometimes a year later, somebody's all around and they come around again and say, hey, you still doing that thing? Well, I might be interested now. (laughs) No kidding. All right, cool. So you want to say no first the minute you hear the hesitation and just say, if you know anyone, like what I'm looking for, you be sure and let me know, okay, just in case. And in the meantime, you know, I won't bring it up again until you do. In fact, I used to leave messages, say goodbye first. It's also in the orange book. And one of the messages was, listen, I don't want to be a bug, so I'm not going to call you anymore at all about this. So you let me know. If you want it, no biggie. Catch you soon. Bye. That's it. And I get 
I'd say if I leave 10 messages like that when I used to do this type of work, you know, contacting people by phone, 9 out of 10 would call back. Well, I, you're never going to call again? Oh, well, what was it? What was it? Because suddenly you've made yourself inaccessible. And when a person who's a marketer makes themselves inaccessible, suddenly everybody wants them. It's like Harvard versus Podunk University. Harvard has very few slots for people. There are probably 5,000 applicants, if not more, for every slot, for every kid they let into that school. So that's one of the reasons that it's so appealing. It's really hard to get into. That's why I decided to go there. I figured, I, I wonder if I can get in there, <laughs> you know, given my, my background. And I did. But you see, that was part of the attraction. It's because we knew, I knew so few people got in there. So the, the smaller the space is that a person can get in, you know, the harder it is to get into something, the more people seem to want to line up and go see what it is. So you want to make yourself that person that is not very easily accessible. Well, I'm not gonna, I don't have time, so I'm not going to call you ever again about this. So if you ever want anything like this, you let me know. And I love you still. Got to go. Bye. This is especially good for relatives. These are all the ways to say no first. And cut yourself loose and cut them loose. Okay? So you have that. I'm going to show you the online trick in a minute. But I want to tell you something about the numbers. You know, a lot of our companies like to say everybody's going to want this, you're going to love the product, and, and you just do th- exposures three a day, five a day, ten a day, whatever you're supposed to do. And then magically your list is going to build. You're going to have all these customers and going to have recruits. And, of course, I know that some of you have done many of those things. And for some of you, you have not had any results. And so you figure, again, must be me, must be me. But I've told you, it's not you, see? Let me tell you what that is. It's the numbers. Somehow, I don't know why this is, but it is just this way. When you talk about numbers of people who do anything, they're very, very, very small. Very small. If you talk to maybe 100 people, just kind of random people, like I do in my cadaver calling in the Orange Book, you call cadavers. What are those? Well, people that out of the phone book with certain criteria where you say certain things so you don't get in trouble and you have a good time. And out of 100 of those, you might find one person who buys something. And if you call leads, if you call 100 of them, 50 of them won't be home and 30 of them will have disconnected numbers and the 20 you talk to, there might be one person who's a prospect. Those are the numbers. It was there before you came onto the scene. It will be there after you come onto the scene. Unless we know how to describe exactly the sort of person and the values that they have that we seek, the numbers will be one in 100, period. I don't care what you've got doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what the company says, how wonderful it is. Every company of ours says their product is the greatest. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. You, on the other hand, if you go around telling people, I've got the greatest skincare, I've got the greatest vitamins, I've got the greatest cleaning product, I've got the greatest candles, I've got the greatest jewelry, you will be seen as a seller, a braggart, because that's kind of how it is. So what you want to do is make yourself somebody that other people want to come to who would want to know about the product that you market. So you add value to you first, kind of like the you ink thing. Okay, so now what I'm talking about here is the, the numbers that you've got, what you want to do is find people, find ways to make the right people come to you. That's what I've done from the first company that I ever did 25 years ago with a water filter. I just couldn't stand hearing say, I mean, I never could stand hearing no. <laughs> so I, om- I almost never hear, almost never hear it. And it's because I'm so quick on the draw, I say it first. That's what I like, because that's how I keep my self-esteem going. Everybody's got their little tricks, and that's, that's definitely one of mine. But I can tell you this, that the idea that everybody is your prospect, which is a very common thing that they teach in our industry. Remember, I'm a fan of the industry. I'm a promoter of it. I've built five companies to the top usually in the shortest time of anybody else in that company because I really like to go fast. And so I know they all teach that everybody is a prospect for your product and for your business. And I'd like to make a distinction in, in, your, in your mind about that. So well, let me ask you first, do you guys think that every person that you come across is a prospect for your product or your business? 
No. No. Does anybody say yes or heard yes? Yes, yes, yes. It seems like all the time thinking of it. Okay. So here's the story with that. Here's how I would reinterpret that. Everybody is not a prospect for your business. Everybody is not a prospect for your product. Because marketing is based on values, people's values. So, for example, some people shop for underwear at Walmart. Perfectly fine. Walmart's a giant business. Other people shop for lingerie and underwear at, we're talking about women now, at, say, Victoria's Secret. Both stores have their clientele. Both stores have loyal clientele. And what people get and why they go is based on their values. And everybody has different values about different things, just like everybody has a belly button. Okay, so, for example, if you are in the skincare business and you hit everybody up that you see, all your friends, because they said, you know, everybody's a prospect, hit them up, say, okay, great, here, I got this great skincare product, you're going to love it, and it's got this scientific thing, and it's the Dr. Dingaling said it's wonderful, and it's absolutely breakthrough, blah, 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 you know, the usual, which is what companies reps say about skincare programs because I think they're like five or five maybe big skincare lines and they every rep for every company says basically that what I just told you to everybody that they see and meet and whatnot and so here's what happens really interesting so somebody says well that sounds pretty good Lulu so what's the product and you give them the name of the product and okay great so like how much is it now unbeknownst to you the lady you're talking to is somebody who's been using, say, I don't know, Pond's cream for six bucks, and she's been using it for 20 years, and she's perfectly happy with it. And she's not some dodo off the street. She just, you know, that's what she does. That's her value set. So that's who you're talking to, and of course you don't know this. How would you know, right? Because everybody's a prospect, right? That's what they're telling you. So you bang on everybody or approach everybody and say, hey, don't you want my product? I have this great product. (laughs) And it's like, okay, how much is it? And you say, 80 bucks. And somebody who is used to paying $6 for her cream, here's 80 bucks. What do you think is going to happen in her brain? She's going to walk out. What do you think she's going to think? That's too expensive. Yeah. Okay, so you get the picture. So, So this is why... You don't want to treat everyone as a prospect because if you do, then you're probably going to go to her and say, well, let, let me do some therapy here. Let me tell you what's wrong with ponds. And you start listing all the chemicals in it. Or let me tell you why mine is better. And if you do that too much, those of you that have tried to do therapy, I think you know what the, what the outcome is. Normally, next time they see you, they cross the street. because They don't want to be lectured. See, those are their values. And our mission is not to change people's values, but to find people that share our values in the first place. That's what you do. So one thing that you could do if you are, you know, say you have brochures and stuff that you're, that you're giving out about your product. That's what we used to do with the, you know, with the Juice Plus product, which I represented long ago, fruits and veggies and capsules. We made our own brochure without the, comp- the, the product name, of course, but we made it. And what I did is, and that little brochure sold us, we got tens of thousands of dollars of orders in that product every month just because of that, that one thing that we did. And uh, we did not just leave it willy-nilly at the, say, 7-Eleven. You know, cause you don't, who, who, who goes there that, that you would know is really interested in getting fruits and veggies in their diet, right? Probably not very many people. So what we did is we decided... We would leave these brochures at alternative medical doctors' offices, for example, and at nutritionists' offices and, and places, for example, and massage, upscale, all upscale stuff, massage places, so that the people who would see them, we would know that they were already sort of pre-selected because they knew already about personal physical health something about diet, something about massage, something about chiropractic, something about... And so when we left the brochures, we only always leave one, just one showing and put another one underneath a pile of other magazines. Those are the kinds of places where we would leave that. And that's what got results versus just leaving them anywhere and everywhere and running away and hoping something's going to come of it. 
So you want to pre-select the kinds of people who are likely to have an interest in, that, in, in the product purpose that you have in the first place. See? So that's one way you can do that. And all of these are designed to help you reduce the number of no's that you hear in your face. So say no first, obviously. Know the numbers. Know that most people are not the right ones. And that's why we have different stores. There's Walmart and there's Gucci. There are PCs and there's Apple. We have high-end, medium-end, low-end for all the different kinds of products that somebody could possibly buy. So since you don't know who the people are, you want to indicate to the person that you have a higher-end product because most people in network marketing do have a higher-end product. So if you have, say, uh, if you're marketing something that's, I, I don't know, I've, my, one of my favorite examples is skincare. You know, I market this high-end, spa-quality skincare line for people who want to look like, I don't know, Kim Kardashian or J-Lo, one of those. So that's what I'm looking for. Do you know anybody who might like to know about a product like that? Because that's the kind of stuff I want to use, you know, high-end spa-quality stuff. Why would you do that? Well, you do that to tip the person off who's listening that in case she's somebody who's just using the Pond cream, that she won't feel like she has to say no or go, oh, my God, it's too expensive or any of that. What she'll say is instead, well, in her mind, well, that's not for me, but I know some people who go to facialists and who go to the Golden Door and who are crazy about their skin and spend anything on it, and they're likely to give you a referral because you're going to say, do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? See? And that way they know it's high-end spa quality. You can do the same thing for all your products. So that instead of approaching every person as if they are a product, what you do is you approach every person as if they could help you find the people that you're looking for. Do you see the difference with that? Yes, Yes, I do. Makes sense. And that way you're not hurting and crying for nothing. Much less threatening from our standpoint, too. From your standpoint, too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Give me another obstacle, because uh, this is the obstacle call. Go ahead. Mine is making a phone call to somebody I haven't talked to in like three or four years. And what's the issue with that for you? I feel guilty about like picking up the phone and calling somebody who hasn't heard from me. Okay, well, do you have to do that? Are there other things you could do instead? Or do you want to overcome this particular obstacle? I'd like to overcome that specific obstacle. Okay, I can help you then. Okay, one thing you can do, something that I've done a lot and taught a lot, is in the Orange Book I have a script or when you're calling people that you know, whether they have said no or you haven't heard from them, you haven't been there for a few years. And here's what you do. You call up whoever it is and say, is this um, Aunt Lulu? And then she goes, yeah. I say, well, this is Kim. I know you haven't heard from me in a while. Oh, yeah, it's been 10 years, you know, five years or kindergarten. How, what, you know, how are you and to what do I owe the pleasure and blah, blah, blah. And then you could say, let me just tell you, I'm calling every person that I can remember ever in my life, everybody, just to ask them a question, because I figure you might, you might know somebody. So they know right away I'm calling every person that I've ever known in my life that I can find just to ask them a question. Of course, say hi, it's nice, but to ask a question, because I'm looking for some people, and I wonder if maybe you might know somebody like that. And the person will probably go, okay, so what? Like, who, what, who are you looking for? I say, well, you know, I'm, I got this little business, and I'm looking for people who... Now, what, and this is the part where you have to fill it in with the orange book, looking for people who are looking for a second income. I'm looking for people who want a, you know, a career change if, that, if you're leading with a business. Or I'm looking for people who are looking for an alternative high-end skincare line or an alternative source of energy. And I wonder if you know, and of course, don't do all that. Pick one of those. And I wonder if you know anyone like that. And if you ever do, if you'd let me know, because I'm looking for people like that. And so I'm just calling everybody that I've ever known that I can remember to see if they know somebody like that. Because, of course, probably not you, but in case you know somebody, would you send them to me? Let them know about me so I can talk to them and see if there might be a match. Okay, Mademoiselle, does that help? Would that, what, if, what if they come back and... What if they come back and say that they are uncomfortable with that? Well, then you're going to have to say, I'm so sorry I called you. I'll have to catch you later. i got to go. It's nice to talk to you. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you sound to me like you're kind of setting yourself up to get shot down. Why don't you call other people instead? <laughs> Uh, no, it, it, these would be people that I, a, a business I was in that went out of business. What do you think? 
And, I mean, because there are other things you can do. You don't have to call those people, but if you're afraid, if you're afraid somebody that they're not going to like you or something, and if that is going to bother you a lot, just ask yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks. All you care about is you. If that's going to bother you, then I wouldn't call those people. Because then you can just let friendly dogs lie. I mean, if you haven't talked to somebody in five years anyway, and you do, and you're afraid now that if you ask them if they know anyone, would they let you know, if you think they might be offended, uh, then I wouldn't call them. Just let it go. I mean, there's nothing to get over. There are so many other ways for you to contact people, really. You might even send them a postcard. So that there's some other way. Or you might get an email address and send them an email. Say, I don't know if you know anyone, but if you do. And if you feel like no matter what the outcome, if if it's some version, some form of no, or they feel uncomfortable that you did that, don't do it. Why would you set yourself up to feel bad? There's, There's so much else you can do. Like, you know, one is email them. But the other thing is, if those people matter to you and you haven't talked to them in five years and you really care about how they feel about you, I, I just leave sleeping dog lies. I mean, dogs lie. Because in the end, like, there's a guy named Jeff Olson. Some of you may know him. But years ago, we were in the same company together. And, and he says, do you really care what they think of you? Are they going to come to your funeral? That's what he used to say. Say, well, are they gonna, are we going to go to the funeral today? No, I think not. It's raining, so we're not going. So you see, it's all a matter of perspective. But the bottom line is, for you, if you don't feel good about it, then do something different. Really. Do you think you could do that? I could, I could call anyway. It's just that I'm sometimes surprised when someone will say, oh, no, I couldn't do that. Well, but that's because you're asking them. That's the wrong question. Okay. That's the distinction. You're not asking them to do anything. Notice, I'm calling to ask if you know anyone. I'm calling to ask if you know anyone. I'm calling to ask if you know anyone. No, not you. No, not you. No, not you. I'm calling to ask if you know anyone. Do you hear the distinction there? Do you hear that? Yeah, I do. Okay, so that's the distinction. Do you know anyone? Never ask them directly. That way, everything is smooth. Okay, does that help you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Any other, any other? I have an, I, I, yes, I have Marketing. Okay, the, marketing online is coming up next. Okay, the lady who said, I have, I have, what's yours? Yes, this is Shelby. And my okay. obstacle is, I seem to be able to do well with getting exposures and following up with third-party tools. People seem to like my product, but where we have trouble are getting people to commit to either coming to an event like a party or a result party or commit to a three-way call. It's taken them to that step. And they all like everything, but it's that commitment to the next step. Right. Okay. Okay, so there's a big distinction between somebody who likes something and somebody who buys something. So when somebody says, yeah, I really like it, it sounds like a nice product, and then you say, well, I want you to come to a meeting, they probably have heard about what happens at the meeting, which is that they're probably going to be persuaded to buy something or do something. A lot of people don't want to be persuaded. They know that they're easy marks because they like to say yes, and they just don't want to be persuaded because they're really not ready to buy. So what, what you might do is when you figure out, kind of follow the path. Where did they get the exposure? And what did they see about the product? What have they seen? Did they, and, and then, of course, did they try it, of course. But I, I wouldn't even give somebody the product to try initially. Let me tell you why. One thing you might do with these exposures and people that are interested in the product, here's a, a qualifying question you should ask. I would always ask before I give anybody a sample of anything that I've ever marketed, okay? Because if you don't do this, you will be giving out samples and you're going to be crying because a lot of people aren't going to buy, even though they get results. It's not about that. It's what do they already spend per month on face care? You, so before you, you know, if you do your exposure, do whatever, and somebody says, oh, I really like it, say, great, me too, you know, I love it. Let me ask you, just kind of out of the blue, what do you spend now? on your skincare for your daily routines about you know for your creams and then just keep still and wait and if it's some number that is well below fifty dollars 
you don't have a customer. And I hope that's really clear. There are people, I love Mac, Apple products. In fact, I just bought the Apple Watch. It is to die for cool. I mean, if I didn't know better, I'd sleep with it. In fact, I, I've almost slept with everything of his <laughs> over the years. But I know not to get the electronic stuff too close to me, so it's right outside the door. But I'm one of those. And people will say, I wouldn't spend three grand on a, on a Mac, a retina display, a MacBook. And I would say, you've got to be kidding. Look at all the stuff it can do. Oh, why would you spend a grand? on a cheap Reno, and you can't do half the stuff. You have to buy all these plugins and attachments and this and that and the other, and you look like some kind of a, you know, crazy one of these inventors with all this stuff sticking out of your machine, and you could have had the whole thing in one. But you see, I would never even do that because it's their values. They think 3000 is a lot of money for a computer, even if that thing does 10 times more than a computer that's one-third the price. So you see, I can assure you that if you're giving out samples of an $80 product and somebody gets results and you can't figure out why they're not buying, if you ask that question, what, what are you spending right now on your skincare? They will give you a number south of $50. And that's why they're not going to buy. Because for them, how their skin looks is less important than what they spend on it. For whatever reason, that's how it is right now. Therefore, if you're going to give out samples, for heaven's sakes, don't give it to anybody unless you know they're spending 70 to $100 on their skincare. I remember I got a sample from my dear friends, uh, Don and Marilyn Creek from uh, Nerium. I've known them for, oh, we've known each other for many, many years. And so Don says, well, Kim, you know, we, we got this cream. And I said, I know you do. I know you do. And, I, you know, I've, 100 people have tried to send it to me, but I just... I feel bad because I'm probably not going to use it. You know, I'm a total skin freak. And, I, and he says, well, it's really pretty good. You, you really ought to try it. He knows my values. And so I said, all right, all right. So just kind of out of the blue, not that I care that much, but, you know, because I spend a lot on skincare. So I said, how much is it? And he says, I said, you know, for a regular customer, if they buy it every month, you know, a tube of whatever you're going to send me. And he goes, 80 bucks. And my answer was, what's wrong with it? And he laughs and he says, well, nothing's wrong with it. I said, well, they're, how come it's so cheap? That's me, you see. I am a customer of high-end skincare because it matters a lot to me. Other places I will go cheaperino. We all have values, remember, like belly buttons. And so if you're giving out samples to people who are spending $6, $10, $12 for their cream, don't judge them. Just know that if you give them a sample, the chances of them going on auto uh, ship or buying it are almost zero and do you understand why that is i just want to be clear that you understand that it's not you Absolutely. yes i just yes. understand yes. 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 Totally. you finally clear with this stop yes. handing yes. your stuff out like bubble gum because it's not bubble gum, it's not yes. bubble gum. absolutely but then taking right. them from is like that though pardon me not not everybody is like that, though. Not everybody that, that just spends $6 won't upgrade because I personally have used nothing, and I upgraded, and now I'm a brand partner. Oh, totally. It doesn't mean that there aren't exceptions to the rule. But generally speaking, if somebody's had a habit, you went from nothing right to something. There will always be exceptions. But if you want to market based on the exceptions, you're going to get a lot more no's than most people can tolerate, and they'll be long gone before they get to the next yes. So my approach, one reason, that, and, and for, in your case, you went from nothing to something, so, and you sound to me like you're a lady that has a lot of strong opinions about things just from, from your wonderful, strong voice. So I would suspect that if you see something hot that you don't have, boom, you're going to get it, particularly as it relates to your personal self. But you see, you weren't using a lower-end skincare cream for many years, like many people have done. And again, these are generalities. Basically, 90% of the time, if you're going to talk to people who are, whose skincare bill is 6 to $25 a month, you're going to have a difficult time selling them an $80 product. That's just how it is. And if you want to go after the one in 1,000 who's like you, you can, and you will come across them but they're not the usual sort of thing. So what I find is that if you find people who are spending the monthly money already on whatever you're selling, it's like finding somebody who's got the same size shoe. Because then it's a question of, 
your 80 bucks or 90 bucks that what they're spending now goes to you. They're not upgrading and changing their values. See, in your case, you may have had the values, you just didn't have a product that you liked and, and where that you could actually market. And that's the cool thing about our products in our business. You can add the business onto it. I mean, regular products can't do that. They have no business. If you're Clinique, you're Clinique. If you're Shiseido, you're Shiseido. And that's it, you know. You can't sell it unless you go work at the counter. So to me, having a business is a big advantage. But I'm just letting you know that you are an exception to the rule. And so if you, while you can market like that, you just will get a lot more no's. So one of the rules of thumb is if you want to find people fast, I've always gotten my 100 customers in way less than 100 days. I just am somebody who goes really fast. And the way I do that is find people who already are of like mind in the first place. So they spend that type of money and that's the story. That's what I did with the water filters. Do you drink the caca out of the faucet, which I can't even believe anybody would drink today much le- or 25 years ago, or do you pay a buck a gallon? Well, all the people who paid a buck a gallon wanted to know how to get it for a nickel a gallon, almost everybody. And the people who were drinking the caca, I didn't get as many of those, but they were suddenly put on notice that what comes out of the faucet may not be so good for you with all the fluoride in it and all the chlorine. But I got some of those too. But the majority of my customers came from the people that were already paying a buck a gallon. So that's all I'm saying is if you find the people who share the values, that's why Steve Jobs was so successful with Apple. He didn't have as many customers in the beginning. They had 1% of the market for the first 20 years of their life, 1%. But those of us who were customers spent anything and everything, which is why their company made so much money, even though their customer base was very small, because all of us spent all we needed to to get what he had. So it's it's really just kind of an approach that one does where if you want it in your lifetime, are there any shortcuts? And yes, the shortcuts are find people who already share your values with regard to skin. Now, if they don't have any skin care and they want to know what looks hot, whatever product you're marketing is probably going to be a big step up. But for most folks they're going to run across people who do something with their skin and most of it is much less ponds is a very big company for a reason a lot of women use it you know there's google for skincare under 15 dollars on online and you'll come up with 10 or 15 brands and they're huge companies so there's a big market for that but to me rather than spending my time changing somebody's values and doing therapy i'd rather hit up everybody that goes to the golden door, goes to the, it goes to spas and goes to facialists and already spends 100 bucks a month so that if I were marketing this product, that's where I would be going, to every upscale spa, every upscale hair salon, everybody, anybody upscale that's spending a lot of money, particularly all the shop owners, all the independents. Oh, my God. I'd be out all over that. Instead of doing one-on-one, I'd market it in that way, you see, and let people, because you know those people spend that kind of money. So it's a question of how fast really you want to go. But, yes, there are exceptions to everything uh, ever. That is generality. There's no question about that. Okay, so somebody had said you want to learn how to market online. Let me. There's a lot you can do to learn how to market online. There are courses on Twitter and Facebook, and there are courses on Instagram, and there's all this kind of stuff. And I can just tell you a couple things right now that you might not have thought of before. We know that Facebook, for example, which is where I hang out, Facebook does not let anyone market their home-based business. If you put anything on Facebook about its home-based business or earning income from home or financial freedom or any of those words or MLM or network marketing or affiliate marketing, all you know, everything is put to the same camp of a home business, these opportunities, Facebook will not allow any of those ads, if you ever advertise. And if on your page, they find a lot of that stuff, they just take down your page. And the reason is too many people complain that all these claims are being made and people are sick of hearing all these claims about how to make all this big, easy money. And everybody knows most people drop out. That's just kind of a fact. So Facebook users have told Facebook, we don't want to see this, so Facebook doesn't show it. And your companies, for the most part, except for product pictures and things like that. They also don't want you to market online, and for good reason. Companies have gotten into a lot of trouble for what their distributors have done under their watch. Vima is one of them. All, I'm sure most of you know that they, the FTC shut them down, what, six weeks ago, and they had all these hearings, and now they have, they're finally back in business, but their pay plan is 
way different than it ever was before. And we we'll just see what happens with them. But the point is, making big uh, promises about the possible income and how easy it seems to be is something that is now under the FTC radar. And people are not being allowed to, to say that these monies are made and that it looks like anybody can do it. Because the dropout rate is just way too great. You see what I mean? You know, they, they kind of pretend it's a little easier than it is. So the point is that if you want to market online, how many of you come? I'll show you how to do it. How many of you come to my Facebook page, the, you know, the, my Facebook profile? Okay, so what I do on that page, you can, it's facebook.com forward slash Kim dot Claver, K-L-A-V like Victor, E-R. So facebook.com forward slash Kim dot, you know, period, and then Claver, K-L-A-V like Victor, E-R. That's the page. And what I mark it on, the, on that page, that this is my, my personal profile, and I've had it for a couple of years, and I also have a blog running, but I, I go mostly on Facebook because it's so quick for me to do it. So what I'll do is I will mark it in the way that I'm going to uh, kind of describe right now. It's called, you know how people talk about generating leads. You know, what do you do to get leads? You've got to generate leads. Well, what I teach and do is generate demand. So I'll give a tip on, you know, how to three little tips on how to market on Facebook. Or I, I give tips, just come to the page, you all can see. I give lots of tips and lots of advice and whatnot. And I almost never have images or talk about what I actually have for sale. Almost never. And when I do, that's marketing. I'm creating demand by coming up with tips and useful stuff that people in the direct sales and marketing business can learn from. So they come. I get lots of people coming to the page. Every day they come, they come, and I always have something ready for them because every day I'm thinking, okay, what could I give? <laughs> what could I give next, you know, that, that would help people who are trying to build their online business or offline business, their marketing business. And so I have that. So every now and then I'll say, okay, so I'm, here's how to generate demand without ever mentioning your product. And having a big line at the back, and they don't even know what you have for sale. And of course, everybody goes, I want to learn how to do that. So I'll say, okay, here they are. One, two, three, four, five. And I give examples, and I give the step, and people go, oh my God, I want to learn how to do that. And then I'll say, okay, I have a, a class, a little Facebook workshop, or I have this or that that teaches how to do that. And if you'd like to learn how in more detail, then comment and say, I'd like the link. Some of you will have seen that. And I will get anywhere from 50 to sometimes... 150 people saying, me, 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 I want the link, I want the link, I want the link, I want the link. And they don't know what I'm selling exactly. But you see, I've given the value, given the examples, so that by the time it comes to the end, they say, well, I want to learn how to do that because I want to do exactly this. I just don't know. There's not quite enough detail for me to learn how to do it, so show me what else you've got. And that's kind of how it works. You know, if you're interested in medicine, when you're in high school or college and you realize that you like doing first aid and that kind of stuff, you might decide, well, I want to go to medical school. And then you would put in a hundred grand over the next eight years to learn how. And this is the same. So if you can learn to become somebody who generates demand for your product and you before they really know exactly what it is, that's how you market on Facebook. That's how you market on Facebook. See? And so, for example, if you have, say you have skincare of skincare products. So some people just put the name of their product out there and the images, and that's across the Internet, across companies. doesn't matter what it is, Arbonne, Jeunesse, Nerium, you know, they're all just punch that into Facebook and you'll see 500,000 reps with their product images and stuff like that on their pages. And so that's one thing people can do. Normally they don't get many sales doing that. That's what they tell me. And then the other thing that, that I would do, see, I wouldn't do any of that. I wouldn't even have, if, if it were me, I wouldn't have a picture of the product any more than I have on my Facebook page pictures of my products. There's nothing, there's not a single picture there of my products that I know of. <laughs> because I want to keep that mysterious until you ask. And then I, 90% of the people buy. That's the way I like to run my business. You know, I don't want 10,000 people seeing it and then three buy. I'd rather have five people see it and then three buy. That's, that's kind of how I like to do it. I'm a <laughs> sort of, that sort of person. So, I like to make sure that people really like what they have, which is why I think I have one return every two or three years. 
It's just because it's already set up so that by the time they come, they're totally on board. They're saying, where do I buy this thing? Would you give me the link? It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? And that's what you can do too. So one thing you could do, say if you're in skincare and you're high-end skincare, you might say, Google, what are harmful ingredients in high-end skincare? Say you Google that and you find out that there are, I don't know, 10 of them or something. Somebody wrote a blog and said, these are the horrible things in high-end skincare. So you might take three of those and post something on your Facebook page, you know, that's a, that's, I mean, that's the sort of thing I probably do. I mean, just making this up now, but something like three harmful ingredients that are in high-end skincare uh, products. Does yours have one of these three in it? And who is going to respond to that? Who's going to notice three harmful ingredients in high-end skincare? Check yours. See if, it's, if any of these are in your skincare product. Well, who's going to look? People, number one, that have high-end skincare, people that have regular skincare, and people that are interested about toxins in their skincare because they're putting it on their face every day. So you have two out of three characteristics of people who are likely to be your good prospects. You have generated a demand because they're all going to come look and see, well, what, what harmful thing could be in my product? I want to see what this is. And you could maybe give a couple of them and then have an email list and say, if you'd like the rest of them, put your name on my list and I'll send you the list of harmful things and make sure that whatever it is is not in your product. So what have you done? You've created demand for you, your knowledge, to somebody who has an interest in the product that you market, namely high-end skincare. That's the principle of how to generate demand first. And they're interested in what you've got and what you know before they even know you're selling anything. Okay, does everybody see how this works? I just want to be sure this is clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. very clear. Yeah. Very clever, yeah. very clear. Very clever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good thing. You, you want to have that. And, you know, that's kind, of, that's kind of the deal. All right, you know, we are running up on the hour. I have one. Yeah, okay, we'll do one more. How about that? And then we can, because people are saying, can we just go an hour? And it's like, hey, I'm ready. Okay, give me yours. I just have a question regarding the um, Facebook page. If you've already got your product plastered all over your Facebook page, why is it wise to start by taking everything down or to start a whole new page over again? If it were me, I'd just start a new page and practice. Just do your new page. And brand it kind of you, but make sure that it's not you with your family and kids and all that stuff, but you as a, as an expert on, say, toxins and skincare. That depending on what your angle is. Yeah, you see, and then you can test it, and you can see, okay, do people come to my page more to learn about these things? What you're doing, let me tell you what you're doing. This is something that I call becoming an expert in your product purpose. And i just tell you one of my secrets. The reason I sold more water filters than anybody ever had in that company's history and made so much money in my first, I don't know, 60 or 90 days, it was a lot because it was like thirty dollars or $40,000, and I had sold maybe eighty dollars or $90,000 worth of these water filters only, just myself because I was on the phone a lot, and I really liked doing that. And I was, you know, it was quite a lot, I guess. And, and the reason is, the reason I, I believe that I was successful is because the product was an extension of who I already was. I was already a nut cake. I, am, I mean, a health nut and a nut cake, too, as a matter of fact. And I'm into water, clean water. I've been drinking. I've had filtered water since I was at camp, I don't know, 12 years old. So for me to have a filter that would do that for a nickel a gallon was the most obvious thing in the history of the world. Of course, anybody who cares about water would want to have it this convenient way. So, because that was me. So I said, I can't even believe anybody wouldn't have this. So do you drink the cocker? Or do you drink do you filter stuff? So it was an extension of who I was, and it was very easy because I was marketing my values that I had before I ever marketed in, or knew about this company that they existed. See, I never defined myself by my company. I defined myself for me. Now, sometimes people don't have that confidence yet, so they define themselves, I'm a rep of X, Y, and Z, and that's fine. And the minute you know the basics, then you go beyond just marketing the product. You market your value set, the thing that matters to you about it. Like every one of our products that is in a good company where it's legitimate products has stuff in it that is based on philosophy, like no toxins and organic. That's a philosophy. And you buy it or you don't. I do. See, so I'm a good prospect. But other people don't care about organic and they don't care about toxic or not toxic. They just, it's not on the radar. 
So since you only want people who care about organic and non-toxic, those are things you could research about all product purposes that have to do with, say, for example, with skincare. Let's say that you are, you're into skincare anyway, before you ever got onto your product that you're talking about, and you're into organic and you're into you know, non-toxic and everything. Uh, one thing you could do if you really are a skin person, if you really, really are a skin person, you would probably come up with something like three ways to moisten your skin uh, without moisturizer cream at night, let's say. I'm just pulling this out of my ear. And the person would go, well, I want moist skin, and I don't want to put necessarily night cream on it. I'm just inventing this, okay? And so you'd say, here's what I do. I have a, say, a humidifier. I don't know. Humidifiers humidify the space. So if you are really into skin, you probably know that a humidifier might be a good thing to have. Let's pretend. Or that putting certain plants in your room at night give off certain whatever plants give off that help you keep your skin moist. You would know all kinds of things about keeping your skin moist and if, because that's who you are. You already care about that. So you've learned more tricks than just your company's product, see? And that's why you can then talk about, you know, nine ways to keep your skin beautiful without spending, I don't know, $200 at the, at the facialist every two weeks or three things in your facial cream that might do you more harm than good. You know, you do and find other things that are aligned with the product purpose of having beautiful skin. And if you don't know any because you're just new and you just fell in love with your product line, Google it. Ten ways to get beautiful skin without surgery or drugs. Just Google it. Spend a day. That's your obstacle to overcome. you got to get a skill. What is that? Well, how do you get beautiful skin without surgery or without Botox? With, and you, you come up with life habits, not other products. No. Life habits, sleeping, eating, drinking, all these habits that help a person get better skin. And you demonstrate that you know these things in a series of different posts. And pretty soon, you're kind of like the skin expert because you know how to have beautiful skin. You know 10 ways to do it. One of which is, by the way, this product that I have and that I love so much I decided to market it. By the time the person is ready to buy, you've already won them over. You've attracted them to you, and they say, well, what is it that you use? Because I want to use what you're using. Okay, just want to be sure. Is that clear? Yes. See how that works, guys? Yep. Okay, cool. All right, well, see, you can test this. You can test this and see if it works for you. And like I said, I have a couple of classes if you want to have access to those. And maybe what I'll do is I will send an email to the group of people that are on this call right now and I'll give you access to two programs that might help you if you want to learn how to market online. If you want to learn how to talk to people the way we did in the first beginning, you know, where you have, what do you say on the phone and, you know, how do you talk to people so that you say no first and all of that. The program for that, you, the, first of all, get the free book. See if you even like my stuff. That, and then just go to my blog, kimsblog.com. And at the top there, you'll see a link that says, here's a freebie. The, if my product's so great, how come I can't sell it? So, or the orange book. I don't know what it's called. I'm not on my computer right now. Go over there and get that. And put in your correct email because the book, the ebook goes to your email address. Okay? Uh, and at the, when you get that book, right after you'll see a little four-minute video I made that has the, the customer program, the 100 customers, 100 days. And you can get one of those if you want. You don't have to. One is like 27 bucks. It's the mini, and the big kahuna is like $97. If you want to learn how to do that, you decide. It's fine with me. <laughs> and then I will send you the link to the little Facebook webinar. I made a, a little explainer video that shows you how to do this thing that we're talking about today. It's you know creating demand, generating demand for you and what you have first, your principles first, so that when they, when they ask you about what you, what you yourself use or you say, P.S., I've got this product, if you'd like to see it, they're already sold on you as an advisor, see? And it can be, you can do this, by the way, for the product or the business. But right now we're just talking about the product because that's been kind of the focus of today's call. So maybe next time we can do something on, uh, on the business side. But anyway, that's what you, what you can do. And inside that little program, I teach you the Reese's Pieces method, just right out of the movie E.T., modeled exactly what Steven Spielberg did with E.T. with the Reese's Pieces, if you remember. 
It's the most beautiful lesson on marketing, except for Steve Jobs, that I know of. And I show you exactly how that works. That's that little $27 program. I'll send you the link in the email here. And then, um, and then what you do is, or if you go to my blog, there might be a link to the Facebook program, the Solve Without Selling program. You can go there too and get it if you want. And inside that program, when you get it, you'll see a link to the Authority Marketer. And that is where I show you how to research online anything you want to know to make you a product authority probably in a week or less. It's just fabulous tricks that I've learned that I've used so that if you're not a big skin care nut cake yet and you want to be one, it shows you how to do the research, get the answers you want on Google, and then use those to post to establish that you know more than just selling your product. So you draw people to you, Inc., and you get a big discount code link in that. And that's only for people who get that little Facebook workshop. Okay. All right. So we should call it a day. Why don't you tell me at the end what, what your company, sorry, what your company names are. And then if you want to reach out to me, come to my Facebook page and send me a PM, private message. Or all of you that are on the call got my email with a phone number. Just hit reply and send me a message if you want something from me or if you'd like to say something or ask something. And I'll be right here. So what are the companies we guys that we have on the call? Okay, what are they? Nova Pera. Alcone. Donna. Empower. There you go. Oh, cool. Fun, fun. Okay, guys, was this helpful for you, yes or no? Yes. Yes. It was great. Okay, perfect. So maybe we'll see you next week, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, see you later. Thank you.